Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Discuss two faker than shit brothers, family style. Family style. All them families, all them styles. Every single one. Well, Hannah, um, one, I'm not feeling well, so the energy might be a little more chillaxed today. I can bring it up a bit. All right. Um, I am recording in a new place. I'm recording in a closet, so we'll see... If that doesn't fix the shitty audio issues I had last episode. I'm sitting in a chair instead of on my bed. Ooh, we're just mixing it up left and right. <laughs> I love all it. All over the place, yep. Um, also, I need to make a correction from last episode. Alright. I made a grievous, grievous error in talking about all the actors from Psych who have major roles on SPN and... Then later going on to talk about Timothy Olmanson and his role of Lassiter and on Xena and on Gallivant. I completely neglected to mention that he plays Kane in... I mean, it's understood. If you've seen all the show, then... I know, but I felt... I felt such chagrin. <laughs> you are forgiven. I, I felt the people in the interwebs yelling at me. As one of the biggest fans of Supernatural, and as your sister, I forgive you. Okay, alright. And also, this will be the first episode of ours that will be edited by my dear wife. Ooh! So let's wish her luck. Good luck, wife of my sister. (laughs) I don't want you to bleep me. Speaking of imaginary... (laughs) Nobody believes she exists. Um, have you ever had an imaginary friend? You know, I I don't remember very much of my childhood, but if if I didn't have an imaginary friend, I made one up. Like, I may have pretended to have an imaginary friend. <laughs> um, a purple hippo named Lola. So I don't know if she was actually my imaginary friend or if I just pretended, which is, I guess, the same thing. That is... Technically the same thing, I guess. Yeah. I love that. Like, it wasn't a human. It was a whole different creature. Yeah. Why Lola? Whatever Lola wants. Lola gets. Um, No, it was way before I ever heard that song. Um, I don't know why Lola. Okay. What did you and Lola do together? I don't remember. Hannah, I don't feel good and I want to nap. I need you to pick up... (laughs) the slack here and just lull me into a restful state with stories of you and your imaginary hippo me and my imaginary hippo lola 
we would swim in the swimming pool. Nice. You know, the apartment swimming pools. And I would be a mermaid. She would, be, of course, be a hippo. A hippo. And <laughs> we, <laughs> we would collect treasures at the bottom of the pool or slash ocean. Now that is beautiful. That's exact, exactly the content that listeners of this show come here to find. Yeah. Not supernatural. No. <laughs> they want to hear about your purple underwater hippo adventures. Yeah, you know, the the only ocean hippo. Mm-hmm. The only saltwater hippo in all the world. Kendall, Lola. did you ever have an imaginary friend? Fuck no, I'm too rational for that shit. But as a child, I felt like I wasn't child enough for the child club and felt like I should have an imaginary friend. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, around the age 10 or 11, I was like, all right, every kid has to have an imaginary friend. So I need to make myself an imaginary friend. (laughs) And so I like created an imaginary friend. That lasted for all of two minutes because I was like, this is stupid. I know it's not real. (laughs) (laughs) And I have real people I can play with. I have music I can dance to and sing along with. Why why do I need... Yeah, no. Like, I didn't need an imaginary friend to play games. I I think the most ridiculous thing close to that I did was... uh, Do you remember Harriet the Spy? Yeah. So she would just go around and spy on people and write things down in her little notebook and, I don't know, figure things out. So for about a week, I would sneak out of bed and, like, creep downstairs and listen in on people (laughs) and write down what they were doing. I would sneak around the back of the house and I tried to spy on our family for, like, a week. Okay, that's a lot cooler than a purple hippo named Lola. Not gonna lie. That is, like, ten times cooler. I remember sitting in one of the bushes below a window while we in our, outside our farmhouse in Maine and, like, trying to listen in while whatever was happening around me, being super sneaky. And it, looking back now, because at the time, I was pretty sure that everybody knew exactly what I was doing And it was just my fun little spy game that I was playing. But now as an adult looking back, I'm pretty sure nobody noticed a fucking thing I was doing. And I (laughs) legit was spying on my family. (laughs) (sighs) Well, speaking of imaginary friends, (laughs) that's a terrible segue. Segue! Let's segue. Let's segue. Into talking about... Supernatural. Season 2, episode 11. with folks that's right we start with the recap because that's just our lives and that's how we do things and you know how it goes we watch what happened in previous episodes this time though they are very specific about showing uh sam rescuing people from bathtubs and watery mm-hmm. tight places because yes. that's important that's relevant this episode that boy gonna get wet um And then they're like, oh, Sam is dangerous. And he's like, what are you doing here, Ava? (laughs) You're in danger. Yeah, Sam's super dangerous. And 
we get Sam's whole one of us, one yeah. of us speech. <laughs> He's seriously so stoked to be in a club that isn't the hunting club. Yeah, he wants his own Mickey Mouse club, but of psychic kids. <sighs> and they just will sing and dance and have cool powers and not be <laughs> demonic in any way at all. Marbleize, marbleize, marbleize. <laughs> M-A-R-B-L-E-E-Y-E-S. <laughs> yeah. It's close enough. Close enough. <laughs> um, 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 I do have a question. The yes. recap closes with the last scene, uh, last shot from last episode where he's holding up the ring going, Ava. Yeah. And how intense of a struggle does it have to be for your whole damn ring to fall off your finger? Hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't like, if she was, like, grabbing onto something, maybe? I mean, I would have to think that the ring is very ill-fitting, or it was left behind on purpose. Uh, yeah, either she left behind on purpose, or maybe her boyfriend just really didn't know her ring size, and they are freshly engaged oh, and yeah. she hasn't had a chance to resize it yet. Yeah. I just, it occurred to me that that was funny. Just a random, this ring fell off the finger because I don't know about you, Hannah. I haven't had rings just fall off my finger ever. Not unless they're ill-fitting. Even the ill-fitting ones because you got knuckles and crooks and bends to get around. Yeah. And like reflexively and like, grabbing. Yeah. And you, yeah. your hands are doing things. You're not just relaxed. Okay, hold on, though. There was a lot of blood there. Maybe it's an ill-fitting ring, and she had hands full of her fiancé's blood, and they knocked her unconscious, and the blood was enough of a lubricant <laughs> that it caused the ring to fall off of her unconscious hand. Okay. All right, we solved it. We solved yeah. it. We did it. We did it. We're better sleuths than the Winchesters, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Our episode begins with an old sign swinging in the breeze. It reads, Pierpont Inn, Vacancy. Inside, the lady of the house, Susan Thompson, is showing the moving guy, Larry Williams, upstairs, and he's expressing his regrets of her selling the inn, but she doesn't care what he thinks. She's selling anyway. Um, Larry Williams is played by Jonathan Bruce. He comes back in Season 5, Episode 9, The Real Ghostbusters, as the convention host. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Susan Very is cool. played by Andy Wershing. She's best known for her role as SBI agent Renee Walker on the show 24. You did a lot of research for this one. Mm-hmm. They All get right. midway up the stairs where she leaves him to go the rest of the way himself. Two little girls sit at the top between the rails. One's name is Tyler Thompson, and she's upset the man is going to take their toys. But her mom says it's only the toys she doesn't play with anymore. The second girl, Maggie Thompson, says, Son of a bitch, under her breath. So Tyler says it too. The mom hears it that time and gets on to Tyler, who blames Maggie. Mom's like, Will you too then, Maggie? And walks back down the stairs. Tyler is played by Matreya Fedor, who comes back in season 2, episode 15, Tall Tales, 
So not oh. that much longer. Like pretty soon we'll see her again. Uh, Maggie. That's really soon. <laughs> yeah, super soon. Wow. Maggie is played by Conchita Campbell, and she's best known for her role as Maya in the show The 4400. I don't know that show. Yeah, I may know something about it. I don't know. Next, we see Tyler <laughs> walk into a room full of dolls. All sorts of dolls. Some porcelain, some cloth, some naked, some broken, and some missing eyes. Tyler walks past all of them, though, and heads for the dollhouse replica of the inn. She places a milkman-looking doll in a rocking chair, a baby doll in a crib, and says goodnight to a few, when suddenly the milkman she placed is gone. She finds him at the bottom of the stairs with his head twisted backwards. Just then, we hear a scream from Susan downstairs, and we see the moving man at the bottom of the stairs with his head twisted backwards. Tyler is just coming round to the top of the stairs when Susan spots her and tells her not to look. We zoom in on the pool of blood around his head and a doll with a shattered face before we burn into the title cut. I love <sighs> the beautiful, creepy... Oh, is his mouth moving? Yes, still his mouth as he's was still dying? moving. Oh, oh, it's I was like, it's please horrible. just be like muscle reflex and not him still alive with his head twisted. Ugh. Now, this, this death is highly unusual because the rest could <clears throat> seem natural, right? <laughs> and he yeah. could have just died by falling down the stairs. The whole head twisting perfectly around was completely Over unnecessary. The top. Yeah, the ghost was being a little extra at this point, <laughs> for sure. Definitely. I had a question. Um, mm -hmm. This is nighttime. Like, don't movers usually come during the day? Like, what, well, what moving company works at night? I don't think he was a moving company. I think he was picking up donations because she was donating, and it seemed like he was a more personal contact. So it could have been, like, she contacted his parents, and his parents were like, oh, yeah, we'll send our son over to pick up the donations, and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I have a question of... Why do we have yet another bad mom? Well, what kind of... I, no. <laughs> I, okay, tell tell me, tell me how she's bad. Tell me how she's bad. Because there is a dead man lying on the floor, and she sees her daughter and just tells her daughter, turn away, don't look, and then she immediately goes back to her phone call. There's no rushing upstairs with the phone saying, oh, let's get you away from here, you don't need to see this. Okay, she yeah, yeah, says, she definitely should have run and upstairs she... and comforted her daughter. Yeah. Yeah, she says, don't look, and then immediately ignores her daughter. I mean, granted, there is a dead guy, or a guy, a dying guy, right in front of her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dead, so, possibly dying. Yeah, but it's still, mm, I don't know. Maybe... Uh, maybe this mom just knows that Tyler is creepily very comfortable with death, because this child just <laughs> stares on like, oh, this is mildly interesting. Yeah. I can stop playing with my awesome dollhouse for, you know, five minutes just to watch you in your last moments on this earthly plane. While this guy is dying, let's go back to Peoria, which is still a real place, right? Yes. All right. You heard it here, folks. Yeah, Peoria does exist. It's still 
about three hours from Lafayette. <laughs> Why do you say it so bad? It hurts. Lafayette? Lafayette? Is Lafayette? that better? Yes. Yes, that's so much better. Lafayette. <laughs> You're putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Well, we're back at the motel room, and we see all the maps, and Ava's missing poster. Which is a terrible picture of her. It looks terrible. nothing like Terrible. Absolutely not. And it's pretty clear that the boys... Sam made his second phone call to the police that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're actually letting the local constabulary do their part in the search for Ava. But that doesn't mean that Sam isn't searching, too. And he's like, day 33... I've once again searched all the databases, <laughs> and nothing's happened. Every database. Every database. I even searched PETA. The PETA database. <laughs> the P- I don't know. PETA database. Because <laughs> she's a dog. Because <laughs> she's a sweet puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes are hard when you're half dead. Oh. And feel like puking. Um, well, Sam is just, is just getting off the phone with Ellen, who is also like, yeah, PETA's got nothing. And Dean comes in, and he's bringing some coffee, and he's like, sorry that there's no news on your new friend, your new Mickey Mouse Club member. <laughs> And Sam's like, it's okay, because we have a case. Guess what? People are dying in Connecticut. Uh, And it was in Cornwall, Connecticut? How did I miss that? Mm. And Cornwall, it says here, according to Tana's fantastic research, is a real place also in Litchfield County. Ah. Very small population, only 1,400. All right. I'm reading, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently, this is also where Dudley Town is, which was an abandoned settlement. (gasps) And it's considered the most haunted place in the United States. (gasps) It's owned by Dark Entry Force Association and is off limits to outsiders. (gasps) Hannah, add that to our road trip. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I'm I've got Dark Entry Forest Association. Of- that just sounds so cool and ominous. Oh my god. Maybe if we said, Hey guys, we're doing it for a podcast, they might let us in. Maybe. Maybe. So Dean is like, Alright, case, how is it connected with Ava? Because that's totally what we are primarily focused on right now and Sam's like oh no it's nothing to do with Ava it's just a case and Dean's like um hello revenge monster Sam with the emo and the raspy voice what's this lack of focus you're wanting to go do another case figured you'd spend more time brooding (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole Nirvana album you haven't listened to yet And of course, once Dean mentions the fact that Sam should be moody, Sam immediately gets serious and moody. <laughs> now He's that like, you mention it. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot I'm supposed to be brooding. Angst. Ah, uh, And he's like, I can't help Ava, but I can help other people, and that's what I've got to do. <clears throat> and Dean is all, 
wow, emotional intelligence and health? What? All right, let's hit the road. <laughs> like, hunting in the meantime is just what he was against last season. He was like, no, we gotta find Dad. Hunting in the meantime is stupid. And now mm-hmm. he's like, I can't find Ava, so I might as well hunt in the meantime. It's like, you just totally flipped your script, Sam. Yeah, I, I was with Dean on this. I was like, I'm I'm surprised this is kind of out of character. <laughs> Kind of thinking I might it's have a- to kill you. Yeah. Ugh. I know it's not next episode yet, but let's get out the silver and just make sure you're the real Sam. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they take the case and they arrive at the inn and Dean's like bouncing. He's so excited. He's like, it's a haunted house. There's going to be tea and fog and butlers. And maybe even a little dog will show up and help you solve the mystery. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Dean carries his crush on Daphne through the whole series. His crush on Daphne? Yes. I mean, who didn't have a crush on Daphne? True. Except like gay boys, I guess. Yeah, they like Fred. They liked Fred. Or maybe Shaggy. That's somebody's bag, right? Oh, yeah. I'm more of a Shaggy than a Fred kind of girl. (laughs) Anyways, they're going to head inside and get themselves a room. And Sam is like, wait a minute. Somebody's carved on this urn. And it's called Quaxquaddle Coon. (laughs) It's a Quinconx. I watched this scene so many times. It is a quincunx. A quincock. Quincunx. Okay. (laughs) He's like, I can show you what I can do with my quincock. (laughs) Stop. Uh, It's it's a dumb joke. Anyways, it's hoodoo or voodoo or something that you do. And Sam is like, you know, if there were bloodweed with this, it would be a really good evil repellent. And Dean's like, yeah, but what is it doing in New England? Not New England, not really known for its hoodoo presence. So things are already kind of weird. Uh, the only thing I found on bloodweed was a Hawaiian strain of marijuana called so because of its red leaves. There is a blood flower in the milkweed genus, but it doesn't have bloodweed as one of its common names. I am so fucking proud of you right now. Like, I can't <laughs> even handle it. It didn't even occur to me to like research the horticulture in this episode. That's Come beautiful. on, Kindle Yarrow. Yarrow root is delicious. The boys head inside, and Susan greets them as Tyler and Maggie run past them. I love, love that Maggie didn't touch anybody. It was Mm -hmm. beautifully acted and shot. Well done. Yes. Dean asks for a room, and Susan says that they'll be the last guests, which Dean takes ominously, but she clarifies that she's selling the inn. She then asks them if they're antiquers (laughs) and assumes they're a couple. I would have loved if she was like, this will be the last place you'll ever stay. (laughs) (laughs) No, just kidding. We're closing the end. (laughs) (sighs) She then asks if they're antiquers and assumes they're a couple. Dean gets uncomfortable and she apologizes. Sam clears the air by asking about the urn out front, but she doesn't know anything about it. I do love that 
They're like, no, we're not antiques, we're brothers. But, bye, but that bye. <laughs> what is it, antique? <laughs> oh. And Closet Dean being so concerned. He's like, what? I I thought what I was passing. Mean? I thought I was passing a straight really well. What, are, what do you, you mean? You can see my secrets? <laughs> you can see my secrets? <laughs> I'm hiding my secrets. She then gives Dean the key, calling him Mr. Mahagoff, which is a dirty alias he'll use again in Season 2, Episode 14, Born Under a Bad Sign. Uh, because, really? Yeah, because the full name on the card is Jack Mahagoff, and so if you say that, it's, it's a dirty uh, joke. It's dirty. It's dirty. Jack me off. <laughs> And Sam gives a look of indignation before Susan hands them a key to room 237, which is our first reference to The Shining this episode, but not our last. Man, this show loves The Shining so much. Do I have to go watch The Shining at some point just to understand Supernatural better? I mean, I would love for you to watch The Shining, but I'm not going to make you. It's it's amazing. It's kind of, yeah. I don't like scary. I'm sorry. <clears throat> the elder will do for this podcast. Yeah. The elderly bellboy Sherwin comes for their bags and also assumes the boys are antique antiquers and therefore a couple. And takers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> takers uh, of up the butt. Fun fact, this is the third episode where the boys are mistaken for gay. It doesn't happen so much in the later episodes, later seasons. I wonder mm-hmm. why it was such a strong theme in the beginning. I don't know. Uh, the first one was Bugs. The second mm-hmm. one was the Strigu. The Strigu? What was that one called? I don't know. Uh, something Wicked. Something Wicked, oh, Look yeah. at me dropping the knowledge. <laughs> Shut up. Shut I'm up. And this a is the third one. supernatural pro. Sherwin drags Dean's duffel up the stairs and starts to tell them about how guests don't come much anymore, and that's why Susan is closing down. He says that the place used to be booming, that two former presidents even stayed here before. They get to the room, and Sherwin makes sure he gets his tip from Dean. I love Sherwin just dragging the bag on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Just He's like, no. Thunk. I got thunk. it. I don't care if there's anything fragile. I'm not putting any more effort into it than this. <laughs> uh, this part where Sher- Sherwin holds out his hand, it reminds me of Tim Curry's character from Home Alone 2. Uh, yes, yeah. I was wondering why that felt... <sighs> Only I'm pretty sure he didn't put gum in his hands. Mm-mm, no. Yeah. He forks over that cash. Now, we don't know. We don't know what he forked over. It could have been a false ID from his <laughs> wallet. I don't... We didn't see anything. We didn't see anything. Um, as we go into the next scene, that dress on the wall is beautiful. Oh yeah, and it's gorgeous. I feel like it should be in a glass case to keep it nice. I think that would be a better use of displaying it. But I think using gorgeous dresses that aren't never going to be worn again as decoration is very cool. And Dean needs to calm his tits. Or maybe He's- it's creepy because it looks like it's just floating there. Like, oh, it's going to come out of the I wall. Mean, I- I guess if you did, like, wake up in the middle of the night and saw that, you might think there's someone flying towards you. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you have night terrors, don't sleep in this room. I think Dean is just now 
being very anti-creepy haunted house. You know, he's no longer bouncing for joy anymore because now the creepy haunted house thinks he's gay and he <laughs> yes. wants to fight back against all of that. <laughs> and, alright, so Sam's summarizing the case and the only connection is that they were both helping sell the house. And they're like, hmm, so somebody doesn't want this house to get sold. And maybe they're using the hoodoo to stop it. And they're like, well, it can't be Susan because she's the one who does want to sell it and, you know, not be bankrupt and have to sell her child off for food. Um, And they're like, well, maybe it's Sherwin. No, no, it can't be Sherwin because... He's just too old. <laughs> like, what benefit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but Dean's like, but the real mystery is, why does everybody think that I'm gay? <laughs> and the the look Dean gives at Sam's over... He just says it all. Yeah, his look is such the look of being caught in the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like, it just makes me flash back to me being in the closet. Which is funny, because I'm currently in a closet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted to point out, there's a lamp in their room that looks like the Eye of Sauron. Very cool. Yes. I want that lamp. Just a, a moment of silence for the bisexual bastard that was not allowed to be on this show. Yeah. I still think it's canon, but... Oh, me too, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways... <laughs> It's time to go do some investigating. So they're walking around looking for clues, and poor Sam and his cast. It's a whole month later. Cause oh yeah, cause they said that earlier that they'd been looking for Ava for a whole fucking month, and so yeah, this this cast has been on a long time, and it's still not healed. And also, it means we are now in December. Yes. It and so. I find it very odd that we're in December in Connecticut and it's raining, not snowing. Climate change is real, people. <laughs> yes. You heard it here for the thousandth millionth time. <laughs> uh, and also, I'm so sorry that Supernatural skipped over your birthday. That was very rude of them. Mm. I hope they don't do so in the future. <gasps> do you think when Dingo happened on your birthday? Yes, I accept that as canon. Yeah. And now all of China knows your birthday's in November. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, there's another quintuple cox on the urn. Quincox. And they go and they knock on Susan's door like, hey, maybe no one's in here. We can sneak around. But no, Susan is in there. And she's like, and can I help you? <laughs> and The fuck do you want? Yeah, I'm kind of busy. This is my... Like, this section right here, this is my house. <laughs> Why You don't need to come to my house. And Dean's like, well, actually, we do, because dolls. Dolls are, like, Sam's favorite thing, because my favorite thing is pretending, like, my brother having more effeminate hobbies is the greatest joke on the planet, because being a woman is a joke. Ha ha ha, I'm not gay at all. <laughs> and... Somehow, she buys into all of this and is like, yes, this is totally normal. Please come into my house of dolls. I just love Sam in this moment. <laughs> Big time. 
Yeah, big time fan. Love those small (laughs) human facsimiles. Especially if they have the real hair. Because I learned that from my girlfriend of 10 minutes. Oh, poor what's-her-face. Anyways, so they go inside, and Sam immediately ruins their cover story by not going for the dolls, and instead going for the huge dollhouse and wanting to play with all the dolls there. Yes. And then he picks up the toy, and he's like, Hey, this doll, its head is on backwards. That's so weird. And nobody in the room was like, yeah, dolls sometimes have heads that move. What's going on? And then Tyler comes in and she's like, Maggie's being mean. And Mom's like, well, tell her stop being mean. And Sam's like, ooh, this is the perfect time to talk to the child because that's also not creepy at all. And hey, hey, I, little girl. Me, hey, little girl, let me fix your toy for you. I see you broke <laughs> it. Uh, and this is where we learn that it just broke by itself and she would never hurt her toys because they belonged to her grandma and she would be very mad. And Dean's like, grandmother? Where's grandmother? <laughs> Ooh, you got a grandma? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, grandmother, what big eyes you have. <sighs> and finally, at this point, it's not the, you're coming to my house and wanting to talk to dolls. That's not creepy enough. You approaching my child and wanting to fix her dolls wasn't creepy enough. But yes, talking about my mother, who just simply had a stroke. Not to say that strokes aren't a big deal, but she acts like her grand, her mom is like this huge secret. And that's the point where she's like, yes, I need to kick you out. Yeah. <sighs> so weird. Anyway, so they go back down the hallway and they're like, there's definitely some shit to investigate here. A mysterious grandmother. Dolls. Hoodoo. <laughs> We've got a case. So Dean's like, I'm going to go do research on grandma. You go do research on the end's history. And we'll meet up later. Have a tete-a-tete. Uh, I noticed on my second watch of this that um, there's a doll that looks like Young Rose. We see it a couple of times, just like we see oh, the Maggie really? doll a couple of times. Yeah. Hmm. It, they don't focus in on it as much, and I don't know why. They don't really focus on Rose as much as I think they should at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll get to it. We'll get, we'll get to, to it. it. <clears throat> as Susan is signing over the inn, she asks what they plan on doing with it, and the man says they're going to demolish it. She's disappointed, but doesn't say so in front of him. Next, we see Tyler having a tea party. She's humming that creepy nursery rhyme about oh the man falling out of bed and dying. Yep, they, they picked the best song for her to be creepily <laughs> humming to herself. Ugh. Behind her, in the replica inn, a doll sits on a bed, and we see the scene coincide with the man Susan was signing paper with, as he is also sitting on his bed in his room. Just... Just sitting, staring into the void, the yeah. most boring man on the planet. <laughs> that was that was the weirdest thing. He's uh, just contemplating which flavor of toast he wants to have for his dinner that night. Does he want white light. or wheat? 
I was I was thinking like degree of toastiness, like <laughs> just lightly toasted, like medium toasted, burnt. You know, oh, maybe he'll get wild and put some butter on it. Ooh, Ooh salted butter. Yes, wildin, wildin. Wow, out from left field. I can't <laughs> handle all this cr- craziness. <laughs> The replica door opens and his door opens. Tyler turns around to see the doll in the replica hanging from the ceiling fan as we see the man hanging from the ceiling fan in his room. Tyler really does have a sixth sense for minute changes in her dollhouse. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what was that? (laughs) Yeah. Because no sound, just like a, a, a tingling in the back of the neck. Something's different here. Aha! Maybe. And she's not freaked out at all by the murder that's happening in her dollhouse. No. No. Which makes me wonder that sometimes when she plays with her dollhouse, if she doesn't recreate murders (laughs) of her own. Yeah, like, that's why it's like, oh, maybe I did that earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. Funny, why isn't the bathtub scene with the toaster oven being recreated? Hmm. Oh, when she put the little baby Tabitha to bed, maybe she put it, like, face down in the crib. Oh, oh that's too dark. That's too dark. That's so Cut dark. that out. <laughs> Cut that out. No, leave it in. It's so <laughs> horrible and dark. <laughs> oh, I feel, I feel awful. <laughs> outside, the coroners are taking away the body. Sam watches from the window, but Dean's outside asking Susan what happened. She tells him that the maid found him and that he worked for the company buying the inn. She offers Dean a full refund if he wants to leave, but he said, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> Who you gonna call? <laughs> Who you gonna call? Winchesters! <laughs> this is the moment, though, where I'm like, why aren't the police investigating? Why is nobody yeah, inside so asking many details? Who you gonna call? Like, okay, yeah, they all look like suicide or accidents, but after a certain point, when you have, like, maybe five... Well, if every single guest that comes to stay in your failing inn (laughs) dies, it it just starts to look suspicious. There should be cops coming and investigating. It really does. (sighs) Dean returns to their room, finding a drunk Sam. I hate this so much. Well, I I like it at first when he's like, "You're bossy." And short. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> that part I like. Stupid. You know what I don't like is the amount of time Sam had to get that plastic. Stupid fucking drunk. Because Dean couldn't have been gone for more than half an hour from. So let's say maybe an hour tops is how long Sam has known about this person's death Mm -hmm. that he wasn't able to stop. And he goes from normal to I'm about to pass out, fall asleep drunk (laughs) in an hour. It's just like, no, no. I feel like you'd get sick trying to drink that fast. Yeah, you would be puking long before you would get drunk. Yeah, especially Sam, who doesn't drink on the regular. Well, no, Sam does drink on the regular. 
We see him having, like, nursing beers and stuff anytime he and Dean are at bars and stuff. Yeah, but not, like, drinking, drinking. There's a difference between having a beer and drinking liquor. No, I absolutely agree. I'm just saying, like, he does have, like, a tolerance. Okay, yeah. So, So what I'm saying is, yes, you shoot that much tequila, Jaeger, and whiskey all in one go... You would need a stomach of steel to not puke that back up. But even if you were able to keep it down, I feel like his liver is used to processing alcohol enough that (laughs) it would take a minute. Mm -hmm. Dean chastises him for getting drunk while working a case, but Sam starts talking, saying that he should have saved that guy and Ava too. Ah, here's the real emo Sam. He wasn't emotionally intelligent. (laughs) That the more people he saves, the more he can change his destiny. My destiny, Dean! My destiny! Good. Let me put on my ultimate raspy sad voice and add a little drunk to it. (laughs) Just add a little drunk to it. Just add a little drunk to it. Oh, Mr. Padalecki, you get so much better at acting, but this is not it. (laughs) He makes Dean promise to kill him if he goes bad before Dean puts him to bed. I love that, um, I love that Dean calls him Sasquatch here because that's what Jensen calls Jared. And this, that was improv Like, that wasn't in the script. Oh. So that was a little real-life... Mm-hmm. Trickling into the fake life. I also love that Dean called John an ass. It's such growth. Much love. Oh. That was probably the only thing I enjoyed of that scene, was Dean speaking the truth, that John was a shitty parent. Mm-hmm. You just don't put that shit on your kids. Well, now that Sam is sleeping, Dean is like, Well, one of us has to work this fucking case. And he goes down to a dining room slash bar that does not fit this hotel. No, and I'll tell you why. Do you want to know why? Please tell me why, because it does not make sense for A, an ancient hotel that used to be a palace... And B, a hotel that is closing down in two weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> C, has no, nobody staying there except for Dean and Sam. So why would you have the whole bar up and running? <laughs> I'll tell you why. This bar looks exactly like the bar in The Shining. And it is our second Shining reference. The guy coming in to a light-accented bar and... Like, has this whole conversation with the bartender. Yeah, that's straight out of The Shining. Wow. So they sacrificed the story that much because they were so horny for The Shining. That's terrible. That's supernatural. I'm so disappointed. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, because The Shining did it, we have to do it too. So Dean goes over and is like... Hey, Mr. Barman, tell me some stories. And I do love the scene after the bar where they're just walking around whiskey in hand, looking at old photos and hearing all the old stories. Yeah. It's really cute. 
And the story from Sherwin is that old grandma Rose had a nanny that was from the South, a black woman from the South. And Dean spots a little quincock on her necktie or something. And is like, this is how Hoodoo made it into Connecticut. I've solved the case. And that's really, there wasn't even a story to it. It was, The story was, yeah, everybody's lived here their whole life and everybody's really sad. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, next day, Dean finds Sam throwing up in the bathroom. Did Dean which... not sleep at all? Like... I don't think he did. I don't think Dean got any sleep. He just stayed up all night talking to Sherwin. No. He came yes. back to bed. He stayed up all night talking to Sherwin. That's what I had canon. Alright, I'm not going to argue that because that's cute and beautiful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, like, teasing Sam for his hangover, which, again, just makes me think of... Mm, nothing. I don't care. <laughs> Greasy pork sandwich served in a dirty ashtray is a reference to the movie Weird Science. This fun fact okay. for you. <laughs> good fun fact. Good, good fun fact. Book fuck. <laughs> so, yes, he's using weird science references to tease Sam because he's actually just trying to figure out how much Sam remembers because maybe if Sam was too drunk to remember the whole stupid promise you know, very macabre situation there, then maybe mm-hmm. Dean can just let it go. Um, but he's not going to be so lucky because, again, the amount and the span of time meant that he wasn't so drunk. So the only reason why I'm buying this hangover is because he mixed three different alcohols together, and that is that is real. That is legit. That's That's terrible. Some of the shots of Sam in the bathroom have him without a cast. Really? <gasps> yep. This is You're our last so cast right. episode. Last cast episode. I should have noticed that because I was noticing how much his hands were all over that toilet. And I felt mm-hmm. a little bad for Mr. Padalecki because yeah, it's one it. thing when it's your toilet. But some random toilet. Maybe it was a fresh toilet. new clean toilet. Maybe it wasn't even like really hooked up to anything. Maybe they just purchased a toilet for this episode. I hope so for his sake. <laughs> but yeah, I noticed his arms like all over the toilet and I did not even notice that those arms were now castless. Mm-hmm. <sighs> all right. Just in like half the shots, though. That's so funny. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Dean updates Sam about the whole hoodoo nanny situation. So they're like, we need to go talk to Rose. Let's go find her. So... They sneak their way into the private area and go upstairs, and there's Rose on her in her wheelchair. And Sam, like, soft voices her, but she doesn't react. And he's, he's like... He's, like, confused by that. He's like, dude, she sleeps with her peepers open. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, not gonna poke her with a stick. Well, he's like, alright, this lady's had a stroke. There's no way she can do hoodoo, because... You kind of have to be able to move and talk to do hoodoo. Yeah. You do. And at that point, Susan walks in and she's like, okay, this is an invasion of privacy that 
tells me you are not people I can have in my hotel. Get out right now. And they're like, fair enough. We did invade places you, we have violated your trust. (laughs) We Uh are leaving now. And yeah, so they leave. (laughs) And now that they're gone, she's like, cool, I can start packing. Tyler, are you finished? Tyler's like, I'm like eight years old. No, mom, I haven't finished packing. (laughs) There are toys to play with. And she's like, no, it's time to go. Go pack your shit. And she's like, but Maggie says we can't live. It's like against the rules. And the mom is all, okay, I've tolerated this for exactly four weeks. And four weeks is how long I can handle it. Maggie's not real. Grow the fuck up. Pack your toys. (laughs) And now that's like the big dun-dun-dun. Maggie's not real. Oh, my God. Ah. And Maggie's like, I don't like that son of a bitch. (sighs) Which, I don't care how mad I am at my mother. But if somebody came up to me and was like, yeah, I don't like her. I'd be like, you shut your fucking mouth. That is my mother. We're not friends anymore. Yeah. You I don't like my not, mom? I will not go jump in a pool for you. Friendship over. I can be friends with you. You don't even like my mom. <sighs> <laughs> Susan is taking boxes to her car, and Sherwin offers to help as he's leaving. But she declines, so they say goodbye. I just want to point out that Sherwin's got a really nice old truck, and mom would like it. I loved his truck, and I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> It's like we're related. I know. See, people, this isn't a fake show. (laughs) We're real sisters. Not imaginary. Tyler is playing with a wind-up soldier next to the replica inn when the swing replica starts moving. Outside with Susan. Hold on. I do wonder. (laughs) Like, she is just digging the shit out of this aluminum toy soldier thing, I know, right? right? I wonder what Tyler thinks when she goes to school and all the other kids are talking about toys that weren't invented in the 1930s. <laughs> yeah, like things that take batteries. Mm-hmm. That aren't wind-up. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is this kid has a weird childhood. Yeah, she does. She has that. No one's bought toys for her since, like, the 1960s. <laughs> Outside with Susan, the wind picks up and she sees the real swing set moving. Then the seesaw starts. Then her car starts behind her. She's almost hit by her own car, but Sam jumps in and saves her. Isn't it lucky that they did not respect her privacy? At all. (laughs) At all. They just pretended to drive away. The boys take (sighs) her inside and she asks for a whiskey. She wants to know what just happened. Dean says they thought it was hoodoo, but it's definitely a spirit. She calls them insane, but Dean's not offended. Sam asks when Rose had a stroke, and it turns out it was the same time that the death started happening, like a month ago. He figures Rose was using hoodoo to keep the spirit away, but then couldn't after the stroke. Sam tells her to get her mother and daughters and leave. Susan says, I only have one daughter. That Maggie's imaginary, but the boys know better. Next, we see Maggie telling Rose that Tyler will stay forever and ever, which is our third Shining reference. Tyler comes in to get on to Maggie for bothering Grandma, so Maggie says they can go play. Because in The Shining, there's the twins, and they're holding hands, and they're like, We can play forever and ever. 
Oh. Yeah. And aren't they wearing the same similar outfits? Yeah, they are both wearing, like, schoolgirl uniforms, but at no point do we see Tyler going to school. Is this? It's got to be, like, winter break or something. You know, or I figure she, we only see scenes from the afternoon when she gets home from school. Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah. The boys and Susan bust into the doll room, calling for Tyler. What they find is all the dolls smashed and scattered around the room. They look around, but don't see Tyler anywhere. Sam says, tell me everything about Maggie. And Susan says, Tyler started talking about Maggie after Rose got sick. Dean asks if anyone died here named Maggie. Susan's like, I don't know, but Rose's sister's name was Margaret and she died in the pool. Can we just point out real quick here? Mm. They're looking at the broken dolls. Horrible music is playing. They're (laughs) freaking out. And they're looking everywhere for this child. And the boys go directly to the cabinets. To look for yes! a whole human child. I noticed that too. I was like, where the fuck are, what are you looking for? What they are you looking for? It, it made me think of home and how they should have checked the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because that's where all the kids like to hide, you know? You know? Especially the juice addicts. <laughs> well, Hannah, now that we know... That this isn't some hoodoo. What should we do now? I think we should name. Name. That. That. Monster. Monster. So what we have here is a spirit. And it's been a hot minute since we've talked about straight up ghosts. Mm -hmm. So... Let's look at ghost lore from the perspective of African culture today. One, because it seems hoodoo and or voodoo was used to protect against the spiteful wrath of a little girl. Mm-hmm. And two, because it was the first culture in the alphabetical list on Wikipedia. Makes so sense. there wasn't a whole lot. And that could be reason three, because I was tired and <laughs> it's like, well, it's a short one. <laughs> Uh, alright, so, like I said, not a whole lot, but the Igbo and the Akan people definitely believe that there's a spiritual aspect of the human entity that is eternal. And the Akan go a step further and break it down into the five parts that make up a human being. You have the body, the soul, the spirit, the character of the father, and the character of the mother. Hmm. And... I'm guessing the soul or the spirit is the part that like lives forever and can be a ghost. And then we have the humor people in Sudan. It's spelled H-U-M-R, so hummer, hum, hum, hum. And what these folks do is they make a special drink from the liver and bone marrow of a giraffe, and it's potentially an hallucinogenic. Uh, a hallucinogen and reportedly reportedly causes you to have visions of giraffe ghosts okay it it gives you visions of giraffes so it was or is believed that those visions of giraffes that you are having are actually the ghosts of the giraffe so this drink allows you to see giraffe ghosts yeah but 
I just find it very funny. It's like, oh, I want to see a gira- giraffe ghost. So let me kill this giraffe, drink this drink, and then I will see its ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a long walk for a small drink of water. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you have a whole living giraffe right there in front of you. But you can whatever. Just watch that. Yeah. So that was everything Wikipedia had on ghost culture in the continent, the great continent of Africa. Okay. So that concludes name. Name. That. That. Monster. Monster! Ah! Well, thank you for that. You're so welcome. I worked very hard on it. I believe you. Maggie and Tyler are hanging onto the railing above the pool, and Tyler says she doesn't like it because she's scared. Maggie tells her to jump so they can be together forever. Tyler would rather Maggie leave with them, but Maggie says, I can't, and you can't leave me. Oy. Um, the please. Is that a Shining reference? No. Well, sort of, the forever and ever. Um, the please part? It just, it shows the part of her that's still a little girl who just wants a friend and it makes me sad, but she's evil. Like, straight up evil. (laughs) Susan and the boys arrive outside the pool doors, so Maggie takes Tyler's hand off the railing, causing her to fall into the pool. They can't break down the door, so Dean leaves Sam to keep trying, while he and Susan go to the back entrance. Sam grabs an urn and is making progress on the door while Maggie is now holding Tyler's head under the water. I love that he grabs what I assume is a magical urn. It's gotta be. Because <laughs> it has the quincock on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the quincunks. Huh? Also, yeah, so it's like super strong. Yeah. Also, Mr. Ackles is probably feeling very sad that his kicking skills are... Made to seem a little weaker in this episode. <laughs> it's like, just I'm really good at kicking. Let me show you all my great kicks. I've got this kick. Hiya! I've got this kick. Hiya! Damn. I promise you, if it weren't for the fact that the you spirit's know, holding it back, yeah. If it weren't for the fact that Jared is the one that has to be the one to rescue the girl, I could totally kick this door down in like one kick. Don't worry about it. Both Sam and Dean are beating their respective doors as Tyler goes limp in the pool. Something calls Maggie away, and Sam is able to bust in, jump in the pool, and grab Tyler. He's bringing her to the side of the pool when Dean and Susan come in. There's a pause where we're meant to think that she's dead, but then Tyler coughs up some water, and we all breathe a sigh of relief. Susan hugs Tyler, and Sam asks if she sees Maggie, but Tyler says she's gone. Why does nobody try and give this poor child mouth-to-mouth? Um, they probably were about to. It was just the pause that made it seem longer. Movie magic, you mean? Movie magic, yeah. All that movie magic. Also, it's a good thing Sam's arm is healed, because he just got that cast all wet. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. This is probably why he had to take it off, like, in canon. Yeah. It's not like they were going to make a stop, you know, to a hospital to have it properly removed. You oh, know. yeah, because it just got all soggy and he ripped it off. It's hard to do insurance scams, I'm sure. So they just left the cast on and were like, we'll just 
figure out how to get this off eventually. Yeah. And this was the perfect way. They're like, oh, look, it's wet. It peels right off. Awesome. Problem solved. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's healed. Yeah. Like, 95% sure. <laughs> I'm basically a doctor. <laughs> Next, we see Maggie talking to Rose again, saying, you'd really do that for me? And that she'd let them go if Rose did? Asking why after all this time? Then she says okay and touches Rose's cheek. Susan and Tyler go upstairs to get Grandma while Siam... Siam? Siam? Susan and... Siam! Susan and Tyler go upstairs to get Grandma while Sam and Dean wonder why Maggie just stopped. Then Susan screams and Sam and Dean run upstairs to see Rose's dead body. And I want to know how they planned on getting her down the stairs anyway, like when they moved. Like, they do not have a Hoyer lift. This... Well, that's not the right word. They don't have one of those chairs. (laughs) Those chairs that can go upstairs and down. This this house is not ADA compliant (coughs) at all. And they picked the worst possible place. Like, they would have to carry her. Somebody would have to carry her down. And she's there by herself. She already sent Sherwin home. Not that I could really see him giving this woman a piggyback ride. But Mm -mm. still. Ugh. Poor planning. Poor, Poor fucking planning. planning. All right, well, coroners are taking away Rose's body. <laughs> it's, what, the fifth dead body in three weeks, and uh-huh. nobody's concerned. <laughs> <clears throat> and Susan's like, yeah, apparently she had another stroke. It's super weird. And Sam's like, yeah, it's probably the ghost. And I'm sorry that... We came here to help, and literally everybody died. And she's like, no, you gave me everything. I mean, sure, my mom died, but I guess I didn't really care about her. She's not my everything. My daughter's my everything. (laughs) And because Dean and Sam have done nothing to solve this case, they ask the child present, hey, is the ghost gone? And she's like, yeah, I would know if she's here. I mean... (laughs) I hung out with her basically nonstop for a month, so I'm like an expert. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so they send them on their way, put them in a taxi, have the most awkward hug, which I guess is just the counterpart (laughs) to the most awkward kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And as they walk away, Dean was like, yo, that awkward hug looked like it meant something to me. You sure you don't want to stick around? <laughs> wink, wink. And Sam's like, I know you want to watch, but no. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> Gross. And Dean, Sam's like, no, not my bag. And Dean's like, but hey, look, we saved people. And Sam's like, we saved one person. <laughs> But yeah, that one person who would have been dead (laughs) if we hadn't been here because grandma didn't act fast enough. Kid was already dead when she called Maggie away. (laughs) Not that we know anything about that because we didn't do this case. Uh, (laughs) And Sam is like, you know what? Your Your argument is super convincing. I feel good about this. But also, I feel good about the fact that you have promised to kill me if I go dark side. Yeah. And Dean's like, damn it, I thought you forgot. And they're all super angsty as they drive away. But it's supposed to be a happy ending. Because we go back to the house and we see 
the picture of Rose and her nanny. Like, that mattered a fucking minute in this show. And then we see the Maggie doll again, because that's probably made with her real fucking hair, and if they had just salted and burned that, it would have solved this fucking Everything. case. Everything. And then we hear the giggling and these girls playing skip rope. And we're like, oh, yay, the sisters are happy ghosts together. And they're going to haunt the shit out of this place for all of eternity as they get more and more evil and probably kill people in the complex that is built after this house is raised to the ground. They're pissed that the only home they've ever known is raised to the fucking ground. Yeah. All right. And that ended our show. So I think it's time. That we discussed some dank themes. <laughs> On to themes. Alright, you start because you probably have way more than me. I don't know about that. I had a theme of lockpick. I didn't... I saw them, like, breaking in. I didn't see the lockpicks, so I didn't put that one down. They had but to have picked the lock. Yeah, they had to pick the locks. My first theme was fake IDs, which apparently this is a very important one that they used. Oh. Yeah. I had a theme of coffee. I had coffee too. Oh, yay. They, they drank so much coffee. They were like men searching for missing people's heart, especially when they're kidnapped by demons. <laughs> What are the chances that they think Ava's kidnapping is completely natural? Nah. Nah, can't be, because she's psychic. I mean, it could have just been a stalker that wanted her for themselves, killed the fiancé, snatched her up, and That's why they're the kind of off. okay with, like, stepping off the case for a bit, because, like, the cops are on it. They don't have any leads on the supernatural front, so they're like, well, let's move on then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm starting to believe the stalker case myself, because if a stalker is in love with her, they would take the ring off of her finger and be like, forget about that schmuck who only ever stayed in bed. <laughs> That's true. All right. Um, <clears throat> another theme? What'd you have? Dangerous little ghost girls. <laughs> I had ghost kid. Yeah. Yeah, ghost kids. Not Man, ghost kids are the nastiest, right? They are. I had a theme of alcohol. <sighs> so much alcohol this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it is very unusual to see Sam being the one to solve his emotional issues with the alcohols. Yeah, like, I can't think of another time he was actually drunk. Yeah, I mean, we see them, like, pour one out. There was that great scene where Sam, Dean, and Cass basically got shit-faced when Jack died. Oh, yeah. But we don't really see... Yeah, we don't really see Sam being drunk. Mm -mm. We see Dean being drunk. Oh, yeah. Quite a lot. Um, Haunted House. Nice. Yeah, we've had at least two or three haunted houses now. <clears throat> Especially if you count the Haunted Asylum, which also had a lot of Shining references, right? Yes, it did. This show has a problem, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an unhealthy obsession with another medium. <laughs> um... 
theme of hoodoo. That you do? Do what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, this is our second reference to some Mm -hmm. hoodoo. They didn't pull out that goofer dust, though. Mm -mm. I bet goofer dust would work against spirits. Yeah, Why didn't they just whip out some salt and put everybody in a salt circle right away and be like, all right, grandma's safe, mommy's safe. Go save little girl. Okay. Draw her off. Literally anything. (laughs) Done literally anything to solve this fucking case. Um, speaking of, my next theme was unsolved. I had one that got away. Yeah. They have no idea what happened here. (laughs) They're like, well, the ghost stopped killing people for the last 24 hours, so I guess we're good. No, they did. The ghost didn't even stop killing anything in less than four hours because Rose died. Yeah. <sighs> My last so. theme was um, misassumption of their relationship, part three. Yep, them boys are gay. Some people even think they're gay for each other, <laughs> and that's all right. That's valid. Um, I had the theme of Dean giving Sam shit for feminine traits. Yeah, he does that a lot. He yeah, is inse- he is insecure in his own masculinity, and it is sad. And it probably relates back to <clears throat> his own insecurities regarding his sexuality. And then yep. my last theme was Sasquatch. References to Sam's height. Yes. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of good themes in this episode. A lot of things to love. But there were also plenty of things to hate. Open your eyes. Look around you. So Hannah, I would love you to tell me, what did you hate? I hated that there weren't any pictures of Margaret, that Rose never spoke about her, that she kept Maggie away for all those years. No wonder Maggie was pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Like, was she was she a horrible child? Like... Was she just evil from the get-go, and that's why, you know, they, like, got rid of all the pictures and, like, pretended she never existed? Well, that kind of segues into what I hated, because there was a lot to hate here in this episode, (laughs) but I hated on the poorly explained history between Rose and Margaret. There's (laughs) so many questions. Why did Margaret drown? Why did she become a ghost? Because just because you die doesn't mean you become a ghost, right? Why, like I said, yeah, like you said, why did Rose keep her away? Like, and if Margaret's only fear that was keeping her was that she was unloved, then why didn't she move on into the light once Rose was like, no, I always loved you. I, but still, why would she keep her away? Like, what's going on there? Yeah. And, and like, why was... now do you decide? Why, why then did she change her mind? I don't know. I mean, I like to imagine that Margaret died and it was violent and she was scared and wanted her sister, her little sister. And so she went to go visit her little sister and Rose being a rational human being was like, holy fucking shit, you're dead. What's going on? Hey, nanny, how do I keep ghosts away? (laughs) I'm terrified. 
and then just started and never stopped. But they never explain any of that. Mm -mm. And, like, I get it. Grandma had a stroke, and you needed her to have a stroke to have the ghost suddenly appear. But you almost ruined the story. Because then the boys were very ineffectual. The only thing they did was rescue a girl from a pond and knock the woman out of the way of a car. Mm -hmm. That's all they did. (sighs) How come Rose was able to communicate with her telepathically? Do you think it's because she was half dead with a stroke? (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. (sighs) Why didn't she... Maybe... Okay, and she didn't call... Maggie off earlier because she was just discovering her telepathic powers. <laughs> God, this episode was shit. It was so good, but so bad at the same time. It was... Kindle, I just realized I have two hates. <laughs> I don't you have, have two a hates? love. <laughs> and you don't have a love? Well, I was about to say, there were things to love about this episode, and we should talk about what we loved, but maybe you don't even know what you loved. What was your second hate? (laughs) I hate that they didn't solve this case. They didn't look into reversing a hoodoo curse. They didn't find out where Maggie was buried to burn her bones. Rose did all the work from a fucking wheelchair. With her mind bullets. (laughs) That's telekinesis, Kyle. Okay, well, here is what I loved, and maybe it will make you find something to love about this episode. Okay. I loved that they didn't have the hotel closing down center on the ghost murders. Like, it wasn't, uh, people have been dying, so no one comes here anymore, and once the ghost is, like, murder mystery is solved, the hotel opens again and flourishes, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. that that would have felt, speaking of, a little too Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, And I feel like they went to a lot of effort to make the hotel feel like a place out of its time, except for the bizarre shining bar that was apparently very important to put into the fucking episode. Anyways, and it just made sense that this place was out of touch and failing as a business, and it was in no way connected with the murders that were going on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I I like that they didn't go that very cheap, easy route with the story. So yeah, does that help you help elucidate anything to love about this episode? Uh, I love Susan. Even though she's a bad mom who doesn't protect her daughter? Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, like, I like that, you know, she, you know, let them into her room. She's like, oh, these guys... You know, uh, they really like these dolls. They can they can look at them, <laughs> but then, but then immediately once they like took that step too far, she was like, you know what? No, get out of my house, or I'm calling the cops. Like she's stood up for that, and that after con- being confronted with the supernatural, she, you know, was like, okay, that's how things are. <laughs> Yes, she believed really quickly for a person who did not see anything supernatural happen. Yeah. I mean, mean, the car is one thing, but things happen, you know? Like it slipped into neutral for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, or maybe Dean was in the car driving it and they just made it look like 
the car was driving itself so that they could save her and set her up for this whole thing. Like, And, like, she at has the no- end where they were like, well, they said it was, you know, another stroke, but I kind of don't think that's what it was. Do you think that's what it was? And they're like, yeah, that's probably what it was. <sighs> <laughs> it probably was a stroke, actually, now that we think about it. I, I mean, Maggie could have caused a stroke. I'm making a joke, Anna. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. All right. You, I want you made to know... the listeners laugh. <laughs> Maybe. I made one person <laughs> laugh, and it was me listening in the future. <laughs> Good one. Good one, Kendall. Way to go. You're so funny. I am very much looking forward to a good episode because I feel like that's how it's been lately we have Croatoan it sucked then we have Hunted it's good we have Playthings it sucked and we're going on to Night Terrors Night something Night Shifter it should be a good one tell me what's coming next time Hannah I want to know next time on Sisters Talk Brothers we will be discussing season 2 episode 12 Night shifter. <clears throat> Sam and the Dean. Jig in- is up. Yes. Finally found me. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, Sam and Dean investigate a jewelry store robbery linked to a bank robbery that has only one thing in common. Those who committed the robberies take their own lives immediately afterwards. With most of the legwork done by conspiracy theorist Ron, suspects it's the work of a mandroid. Dean and Sam quickly realize they are dealing with a shapeshifter. When the, when the Winchesters surveil the next believed target, they find the shapeshifter present and intend to handle things. However, Ron comes in with a cache of guns and takes the bank hostage with the intention of smoking out the mandroid. This synopsis was brought to us by username Durfell85. Thank you, Durfell. Thank you, Durfell85. And IMDb. Yeah, on IMDb. Thank you, IMDb. (gasps) I am so excited for this episode. I love this episode so much. Yes. We've we've talked about this episode before. We've referenced it many a time. (laughs) We get to meet Hendrickson. Yes. The awesome music. I love Ron. The plot twist. The whole scenario. Ronald Resnick, yes. Like yes. <sighs> we don't even need to talk about it now. We just need to say our goodbyes, get out of here, and go watch that episode <clears throat> immediately. Yes, I agree. So, Hannah, if I want to rush you out the door, how would I get that message to you? <laughs> you can contact me on Tumblr at Jailbreak Fiend or Everything Overlord. That's my Misha blog. Oh, Demisha. Our blog on Tumblr is Sisters Talk Brothers. <clears throat> you can also nice. reach me on Instagram, also Jailbreak Fiend. And if Kindle, if Kindle, <laughs> if if you are Kindle, <laughs> if you are Kindle and would like to contact Kindle, <laughs> how would we do that, Kindle? <laughs> I would speak out loud. Just whisper my name, and I'll be there. <sighs> but. In fake reality, you would go online to a website called Tumblr and search for the user at Kindle Abroad, or perhaps you would download your Insta app 
and look for Kindle, Kindle, Kindle. But if you wanted to reach the two of us on the interwebs, well, for that, dear listener, you would go to sisterstalkbrothers at jamale.com. Because that's where we like to hang. Yeah. Yeah, sold or sold to Google. So, tune in next week for... More monsters! More brothers! And more sisters! Bye! Adios, muchachos! I was going to go on to go on. No. Um, no, you're not allowed. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop it right there. <sighs> Ugh. Okay. Cut that out. Yeah, cut that part out. Hannah doesn't like the burping. No, I don't. The burping and the sex jokes. She's like, no, thank you. <laughs> Ugh, Okay. Take that one out too, baby. <laughs> Don't talk to me that way. Talking to my future wife. <laughs> what? My wife in the future. When she futurely ah, the listens future, to this. The future wife who will be editing, <laughs> yes. Greatest joke on the planet because being a woman is a joke. Ha ha ha. I'm not gay at all. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cut that out, baby. <laughs> Cut that out. Cut it out. <laughs>